Well, good morning, everybody. It is great to be speaking to you this morning. Um, it is a wonderful, wonderful sight to behold when you look out your, out your window. There's something about snow that is just so calming and uh, relaxing, um, as long as you don't have to drive in it, and as long as it don't, doesn't turn into that awful slushy stuff, which it probably will eventually. But for now, we can just enjoy looking out on that beautiful, beautiful snow. So this morning, um, we are continuing our series um, about the story of God's covenant throughout the Bible. Now, I know that um, you may know, and I, I surely know, about the idea of having a personal relationship with God, a relationship with God as our friend, our father, as our teacher. But as we have been and will be exploring, there is one particular way the Bible talks about God's relationship with humans, and that is the idea of a partnership with God or a covenant with God. And this is what we see at the beginning of the Bible. And Richard spoke about this a few weeks ago, and Nigel uh, continued the story last week. God, who creates humans in his image, not only to live in relationship with him, but also to partner with him in his work. But what we also see is in the book of Genesis, Humans don't want to partner with God. They rebel and they try to create a world on their own terms. And this breaks the partnership. And this is the reason why that throughout so much of the Bible and even up to our present day, humanity is stuck in a world of corruption, slavery, injustice, death and struggle. The reason why these things happen is because we break the covenant that we have made with God. And it's not just one or two people who break this partnership. It's everyone. In the narrative of the book of Genesis up until this point, we can read that everyone has abandoned this partnership with God. Think of the story of Noah, where the earth was a corrupt in God's eyes, and full of violence, or the Tower of Babel, where the people decided to build a tower to reach the heavens so that they could make a name for themselves. And despite God's continual reaching out towards humanity, humanity continues to turn their backs on God. And this is where we have come to in, in the narrative of the book of Genesis. Humanity has turned their back on God. They have tried to build a tower to reach the heavens to make a name for themselves. And God has scattered them. We're going to hear our Bible reading for today. And Simon, our new um, operations manager, and his family are going to read us our reading. Genesis 12, 1-4 The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. Genesis 15, 1-6 After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me, since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliza of Damascus? And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited credited him to him as righteousness. Genesis 17, 1-7 When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between you and me and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Genesis 21, 1-3 Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. Thank you. Well, thank you to the Kruger family for our reading this this morning. I know it was a pretty long not reading, but don't worry because I will explain everything. <laughs> Hopefully I will. So, at the beginning of chapter 12, we meet Abram. Now, when God wanted to address this problem that he had with people turning away from him, when God wanted to set into motion his great strategy for a redemption, God spoke to a man. God didn't choose a country, a government, or anyone with any power He chose a man, a man named Abram. But who was this man? And how did he become to be so influential? The book of Genesis covers more than 2,000 years and more than 20 generations of mankind. Yet it spends more than a third of its entire text looking at the life of Abram. Abraham's Abraham, Abram, later named Abraham, get that right, is mentioned 312 times in 272 verses 
in the Bible. He may just be the most famous name in the Old Testament. He is one of the most influential men in human history. So this guy was was important or became important. Because here in chapter 12, when we meet Abram, we have no reason to believe that he was anything other than an idol-worshipping Babylonian. We have no statements about what a righteous man he was. We have no statements about um, how great he was. Abram was just an average man that God called and shaped into a great man of faith who was greatly used by God. So let's take a look at what God said to Abram in Genesis 12. What was the covenant? What were the promises? Now, I decided to write the talk a bit like this because I find it easier to understand in my mind. Every story has a beginning, a middle and an end. If you think about a movie, every movie has a beginning, a middle and an end. And at the beginning of every story, we are drawn in by adventure and expectation, by hope of something new, something different, something exciting. And the story of Abram begins with the call of God. God calls, followed by God's promise. And God's covenant with Abraham was threefold. God promised Abraham land. He promised Abraham descendants. And he promised Abraham blessing and redemption. So God's covenant with Abraham was threefold. And in just hearing the promise that God wanted to make with Abraham, Abraham leaves home. And I am sure when God makes that promise to Abraham, he is full of faith and hope and, and belief. Maybe riding high on the promise that God has just made him. Maybe amazed that he has had a revelation of this God. Maybe full of that first passion that you get when you discover who God really is. And he leaves home, his familiar and follows God. Just last weekend, I was having a long overdue catch up with an old friend of mine. And this friend of mine, um, I met her when I first moved to England, which feels like a very long time ago, maybe just over 10 years ago. And um, she was telling me about a new job that she that she, she has. And it's amazing that she's been able to get a new job in, you know, our um, economy. And she has been thinking about moving house to a new place, to a place that she's never lived before, but a place that is closer to the community that she will be in. And she said to me on the phone, she said, "Every t- you know what, Erin, every time I think about moving to a new house, I think about you and how brave you have been moving so many times without any real certainty about what's going to happen. I laughed and I said to her, do you know what, if you if you only knew, I am anything but brave. I can remember at the, at the first move that I had to make. And I was moving away from somewhere that I loved, a familiar type 
a, a home, a place that I loved, a job that I was good at. And I was moving into the unknown. And my mum um, came over to help me. And I moved from southwest London over to east London. And um, I moved into a flat there. And I was supposed to be un- un- unpacking. But instead, I was lying on the bed in tears. And my mum thought it would be a, be a good idea to have a break and go to the pub and have a lunch and a glass of wine. And I went to the pub and had lunch and a glass of wine. And I cried into my lunch and I cried into my wine. And it was at that point that I was most uncertain. I had taken a leap and I had followed God into the unknown. And to the outside eye, it may have seemed a brave thing. It may have even seemed easy, but the reality was anything but that. And I have had to continue to follow God into the unknown. And one thing I have learned is that following God into the unknown demands us to exercise our faith muscles. It demands us to get out of how we feel and make hard choices to trust and have faith in God, that he has called us. And this is where we make, reach, the, reach uh, the, uh, the middle of the story. And the middle of the story is never as exciting as the beginning. And as we can see from, uh, from our readings this, this morning, Abraham is having some trouble in the middle of this story, holding on to the promise that God had made to him. He is unclear of how the future will pan out. And the reasons? He is still a foreigner in this land that God had promised to give him. He is still childless. And he is not a young man. And it has been many, many years since God made a promise. And he still has no children. He is frustrated. He is in despair. And he wobbles. He wobbles big time. He may have looked at his situation and thought, you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago, maybe 40 years ago, I could have coped with this. Maybe, you know, there might have been some hope back then. But now, now I'm an old man. Now I'm living in this foreign land and I have no children. And all these things that I left my home for have not come to pass. And I can't cope with this. This is not okay. And his wobble and his doubts are so big that actually what happens is, if you read the full text, is that he tries to take matters into his own hands. And as I certainly have experienced, when we doubt God and we try to take matters into our own hands, the only thing that we create is a mess. And in the middle of this covenant story, Abraham is a mess. But in the middle of this doubt and this mess and this disappointment and despair, God speaks to Abraham and reconfirms the covenant with him. He takes him outside. He shows him the stars and he reminds him, Abraham, this is what I have promised you. This is what I have promised you. 
many years ago in uh, in a YWAM camp, a base in LA. Um, somebody said to me, "Don't doubt in the dark what God spoke in the light." Now I know that that's a quote from somebody else, an author somewhere, sometime. But that quote for me comes from that phase of my life, and that quote. Don't doubt in the dark what God spoke in the light has stayed with me. It is a reminder to me that the covenant God who we serve is faithful. And though we may not be able to see it, though we may doubt and wobble and fall, God is true to his promise. And what it is important to understand when it comes to covenant is this covenant is something that is initiated by god covenant is his idea a covenant with god is where god gives of himself he gives of himself to us he makes a promise to us he partners with us he is persistent He doesn't break his covenant because we have a wobble. He doesn't decide to go and choose someone stronger or more stable. When God makes a covenant, he sticks by it. He is not fickle. And through the narrative of our Bible passage, this is what Abraham is learning. And when I was writing this talk during this week, And I wrote these things down. I thought, this is what I have learned through my life and my faith. That my God sticks by me. That he moves towards me. And that he is not fickle. He does not change his mind as we do. Abraham is learning that this covenant God who called him when he was a worshipper of idols is faithful, true and trustworthy. And how does this story end? Well, unbeknown to Abraham, this story doesn't actually end for a very long time. God does give them a child, Isaac, and descendants. And from these descendants of Abraham come lawmakers, generals, kings, prophets, and the Messiah himself. And Abraham, well, he becomes the father of a great nation, the Israelites. He becomes known as a friend of God. And more than that, he is known as the father of the faith. Hebrews chapter 11 um, is, people think it's like the hallway of faithful people in the Bible. I forget what that term is, but um, it's where the writer to the Hebrews writes about all the faithful people in the Bible. And he writes this of, of Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs 
with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architecture and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, Abraham's wife, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. Do you think that when Abraham left his home, he knew this? Do you think that when Abraham had a wobble, made those mistakes, do you think that that he thought that this could ever be written about him? Of course not. Of course not. Abraham had faith in God, even though he didn't know where he was going. Abraham had faith in God, even though he made mistakes. And I wonder how the first few weeks of this year have gone. I wonder if, like me, you have felt anxious or wobbled, felt low and really a bit hopeless. I wonder if you had thought, what's the point? What on earth is God doing? Has he abandoned me? I don't know if that's just my own struggle, but have you struggled in that way? Today, I want to tell you to take heart. Today, I want to tell us all to take heart. Today, I want to tell myself to take heart. And I want us to dwell on this covenant story. And I want us to understand that no matter how much we wobble, no matter how things seem, we serve a covenant God who does not waver or fade or throw his hands up and consider us a lost cause. No, the God that I serve is persistent in his pursuit of us. The God that we serve is a firm foundation. He is true to his promises. And I really wish that this were as easy to live as it is uh, to preach. But let me tell you, friends, family, church, this is not easy to live. This is about choosing faith over how we feel. This is about choosing to follow God when we want to give up. This is about choice. But know this, nothing is lost that can't be found. There is nothing that God cannot do. There is nothing that God cannot change. And there is nothing that will ever stop God's love coming for you. And today you might feel a bit wobbly. And if any of what I have said resonates with you, I would like you to pray with me. Let's stretch out our hands. Let's recommit our days to God. Let us allow God to grow faith within us that we never doubt in the dark what God spoke to us in the light. Let's pray. And if you'd like to just hold out your hands with me, I'm just going to pray and declare some of the truths of the Bible over us. 
Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your covenant, for your promises to us. I thank you that in Jesus you gave of yourself to keep your covenant of love with us, your people. And God, I thank you that you continue to give of yourself through your Holy Spirit. Lord, today we struggle. Father, today we are in another lockdown. Today, Lord, there are people we know that are sick. There are tears. There is pain. There are hearts that are broken. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come. That you would come and build a firm foundation within us, Lord. That no matter what the storms are, no matter what our circumstances are, that we can believe that you are a covenant God, that you are steadfast and firm, and that you are true to your promise, that your word is true, that your love endures, and that we can find our hope and our rest, and our peace in you. That those of us who are weak may be made strong in your love. That those of us who strive may find peace. And that those of us who wobble, and are wobbling, may find a firm foundation in you. Holy Spirit, help us this day. Help us this day. 